This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. With the reactions to the arbitrary firing of Bishop Strickland dominating the Catholic news cycle, it behooves us to remain vigilant about everything else going on in the church, especially since taking down Bishop Strickland wasn't the first of the good bishops to be removed from a position of authority by Francis for, frankly, spurious reasons, nor will he be the last. The modernists are turning their attention to other troublesome bishops who dare to suggest that there is even a possibility that Francis is a heretic or that Francis is wrong about anything and should be resisted. And there's a reason for this, and it's the synod, the synodal revolution. See, Bishop Strickland wasn't the first, nor even the most vocal in his opposition to Francis. He was just the most blunt, aside from Archbishop Vigano. And now we have news that the modernists are going after other good bishops as well. So we're going to get into that here in a moment. But before we do that, if you find these news videos and live streams helpful in navigating the stormy waters of the present crisis in the church, consider becoming a channel member or patron of Return to Tradition. For as little as like a dollar a month, you can help keep these videos and these messages coming daily, especially these live streams. You get early access to videos, uh, member-only Discord, and the occasional extra thing I do on other channels or published articles and the like. The details are in the description box below. Thanks, and on to our important story of the day. Headline from CathCon. Prophets without honor in their own land. German Catholics of the modernist kind attack Cardinal Mueller. Mueller accuses Pope Francis of heresies. That probably went too far. So what you're about to hear is an article that came from that CathCon republished to give you an idea how bad it is. Because he went too far for the modernists who don't even tolerate talking back to the Pope that they've been waiting for since the early days of Pope Paul VI, let alone accusing him of the obvious. And if the modernists are good at anything at all, it's wielding raw power, especially that of the papacy and the institutions and the church, to silence their opponents, except for those among the laity, whom they have yet to figure out how to silence. One way they do this is by using the media to lay out the alleged crimes of a critic of Francis. So this article is a perfect example of this, and that's, I think, why CathCon published it. It's pretty anti-Mueller when you read, when you understand it. The following quote is fairly long by my standards, but it proves the point. First, you accuse someone of going too far, then lay out how Francis is really great, and everything with him is fine while the critic is himself the problem. If that seems familiar, well, it should. That's the playbook the modernists ran against Cardinal Burke, against Archbishop Vigano, and more recently, against Bishop Strickland. With all that in mind, from the article, quote, Since he was fired by Francis, Cardinal Gerhard Ludwig Mueller has been misunderstood by the public as a Pope critic and a counter-teacher. His criticism is becoming increasingly harsh. Now he seems to have overstepped his bounds. One particularly clear interview has disappeared. Good news for Pope Francis. He can remain Pope for now. At least, that's what Cardinal Gerhard Ludwig Mueller thinks. Although Francis has repeatedly spread a variety of heresies, there is no act of formal heresy for him to lose the office, the former Vatican chief dogmatist stated in an interview published on Tuesday, a couple of weeks ago now, with the reactionary anti-Pope U.S. platform LifeSite News. If he said so. <laughs> because even if the sharp criticism of the Pope and the patronizing tone fits Mueller's demeanor, the interview, which is available to Catullish.de in the original published version, can no longer be found online at LifeSite since Wednesday. It was removed from the site without comment. 
the address only leads to an error message. He, meaning Cardinal Mueller, does not reject the myths, the secretive myths, that have been circulating since the election of Pope Francis that the papal conclave was invalid. His interlocutors bring up a variety of inadmissible alleged agreements among the progressive papal voters. Mueller states that it was difficult to judge whether the papal conclave was valid or not, quote, but in the end he was clearly elected by the majority and there were no qualified objections to the procedure, said Mueller, who was first made a cardinal by Francis and was therefore not involved in the 2013 conclave. Even if there were irregularities in the election, they have now been de facto cured by the fact that Francis is exercising his office as Pope. For Mueller, the biggest problem with doubts about Pope Francis's legitimacy is the chaos it would create. Objections would cause more harm than good, and one must keep the well-being of the church in mind. End quote. Now, that article goes on to remind people that Mueller hasn't said enough for the author to fight against what they call myths that Francis is invalid, despite Cardinal Mueller having repeatedly stated in the past few years that Francis is, in fact, the real pope, and that he does, in fact, believe that Benedict's resignation was valid. Mueller has said that many times. But that's not enough for them, of course, because he tends to be cited by far more strident critics of Francis than he is. And why wouldn't they? Lost in this recent discussion about Bishop Strickland has been the rising tide of error and heresy as a consequence of the recent and still ongoing synodal process. It's hard not to notice that since the Synod of Sin has concluded its most recent phase, that bishops and influential laity are not even attempting to be subtle anymore with their errors. Bishops are openly calling for their priests to bl bless unnatural relationships, Media mouthpieces are celebrating. Francis is embracing the secular ideology of the flesh, especially of the confused variety, the kind dominating the culture at the moment, all while demanding that critics of Francis and the Synod get silenced by Rome, the way Strickland was. Headline from LifeSite News. Pope Francis's synodal process is opening the gates of unrestrained heterodoxy. More heterodox members of the Synod have granted a plethora of interviews in which they have repeated their calls for pro-James Martin actions on the part of the church and the implementation of female deacons. Yes, Francis keeps saying no to deaconettes, but the activists know that the synod wasn't going to give them deaconettes anyway. They know that the point of the synod is so for them to have the mechanism implemented to achieve that by other means. Through the decentralization of the hierarchy and the decision-making process in Rome, to include rather serious influence by the laity, if not control of it by the laity. The Synod has said as much. That's how they know they're going to achieve their goals because Francis and the Synod have promised to change how the church is governed and to make a new church. They've been saying this, and they've said it since the Synod. Many of the influential members have. From the article, quote, Following the conclusion of the October 2023 session of the Synod on Synodality, the dominant emerging theme is one of implicit papal approbation of heterodox members, pushing for a revolution in church teaching. The Synod on Synodality concluded its first month-long session at the end of October, with participants set to return to the Vatican in October 2024. The much-anticipated public meeting ended with the publication of a synthesis report, described by Synod officials with some caveats. It's not a final document, nor is it even the Instrumentum Laboris, the working document, to be used for next year's session. While certain hot-button topics were dealt with in a manner which satisfied their prominent activists, 
such as making pro-James Martin statements or concrete proposals for female deacons, the synthesis report's open style and non-restrictive tone has allowed such suggestions to be made by synod members regardless. As LifeSite has reported, Cardinals Robert McElroy and Blaise Supich have led the way, giving solo and joint interviews to dissident members of the Catholic press. They downplayed the role of the synthesis report, highlighting instead the manner of discussion at the event. This is key, for while the synthesis report may have avoided concrete demands, its main achievement was establishing a, quote, synodal style of church life as the norm, thus effectively doing away with the hierarchical structure in favor of majority vote. Supich referred to, quote, a real paradigm shift here regarding the role of women in leadership positions, adding that there should also be recognition of women serving as pastors. I would say talking to some bishops, this is quoting Supich now, they tell me already that they have women serving, quote, as pastors who are serving as the head of communities because they don't have enough priests. They don't have the title, however. How do we officially recognize that rather than seeing it as a kind of exception? End quote. Simple Cardinal, you don't. You fix the vocations problem. Anyway, the article goes on to describe the efforts of others to push for further heterodox changes using the synodal method. Remember, the group discussion method, when combined with lay-influenced and lay-led decentralized governance of the church, is going to go a long way to achieving these goals. It really is. Synodality is meant to make sure the Catholic Church can never go back to being what it organically developed into being from the first nearly 2,000 years of its history. No longer will the church be made by the intentions of Christ and to serve his kingship. That's their intention. No, the intention here is to have the church serve the kingship of man by turning it into a spiritual organization that blesses the movements of the secular world while providing social services to the needy, all without any hard and fast moral obligations that conflict with the world. Frankly, it's evil, wrapped up in the guise of mercy and charity, and it's supposed to be irreversible. And that is the mistake Francis, Supich, McElroy, and other modernists are making. Nothing truly is irreversible, not when God has the ultimate say on the fate of his church. But I'm curious what you have to think about this. Do you think the modernists are going to silence more critics of Francis? Do you think it's to protect Francis or to make sure that no influential voices can stop the synodal revolution in the church? I think their point is to undermine their opposition and to silence them to keep things going. Well, let me know what you think about this in the comments, please. Hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to share this on social media, that helps enormously too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.